hey, it's up to us to record a podcast. Oh, sorry. I got too into it. No, it's fine. I'm going to insert that song there. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse you, but that excellent karaoke of that instrumental was well done on my part. How you guys doing out there? How you doing, Wolf? How you doing, Eagle? I'm doing good, man. It feels good to uh, to finally record another one of these. It's been too I know. Long. It's almost, it's very surreal, you know, because like we keep talking about this and then we're finally here doing it, finally bringing all of our Resident Evil stuff up to the surface. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it, what's funny is we're so hypocritical because we're like, we're going to make a show where we focus all of our attention on Resident Evil stuff. But yet we just had a versus on Resident Evil Code Veronica on the main show on the Fan Freaks right. podcast. Yeah, you, know, you know we're well, well, because this this show has not has not as your eagle persona, uh, you know, spread its wings just yet. And we're hoping to do that now. But I thought you were going to say we're kind of hypocritical in the sense that we're like, oh, we have so much Resident Evil content, and then it took us like a, a whole release of Village before we actually went and recorded the next one. So hopefully these are a little bit more closer together. But uh, Eagle, what are we talking about today by chance? We are talking about our five fave saves. So our favorite Mm -hmm. save rooms. Now, what is a save room in the Resident Evil universe? I personally Uh, think- Checkpoints, obviously. Um. (laughs) Oh yeah, if we're playing Resident Evil 6, yeah, it's 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 a checkpoint. No. I think, and I think you agree with me, it's a room that typically has both a typewriter that we save and an item box where we get to inventory manage a bit. Right, and honestly, I'm not sure if all of the ones on my list specifically have both an, a save room and an item box, but I know, I know, they all have at least a typewriter. So the save room qualification has been met at the very least. At bare minimum. But you brought up Village. Barris, what? Huh? What? I'm sorry. Oh, different. Well, sorry. What were we talking about? (laughs) But you brought up Village for a good reason. We didn't bring it up in our uh, Eagle and Wolf episode zero because we didn't play it then. So (laughs) let's just put it on our tiers. I think it's a B. Maybe a Uh, C. Maybe a C. Uh, Why do you say that? Since we did our Resident Evil Village special on the Fan Freaks podcast, which counts as a Resident Evil playthrough. I don't care what yes. Capcom says. Average uh, length of. I don't find myself going back to it. I, it's not. It's fun, functionally and fundamentally a good game. I did have mm-hmm. fun with it. I do enjoy what I played, but I don't see myself wanting to play it it's like if somebody were to take the crystal ball puzzle of code veronica and and put it throughout the entire game that's how i feel about village because i'm like oh there's that part but i had fun here oh but there's that part see i wish i i pulled a u and played it what on uh on pc because i think it would be better with mods as time goes by I feel like that one meme where it's just like, you know, he, he's he's wrong, but his heart's in the right place. 
<laughs> like, I, okay, comparing it to the crystal ball puzzle is a little bit intense, I feel, at least in my opinion. But I mean, you, you at least enjoyed the gameplay, right? I enjoyed the gameplay, but let's be honest, it's a bit of a slog, isn't it? I just, as I said before, I feel like Village is the Resident Evil with the least amount of replayability, which is a really, like, I feel like a big weak point, uh, because Resident Evil prides themselves on fucking replayability, so I, I don't know, it's, I, I would also give it a B, in my opinion, because it did meet the qualifications of, like, a fun survival game, I feel like, you know, on replays, the two middle houses are a little bit quick, but whatever, but, you know, that's all that, we, we, uh, but yeah. We, Tune in for that future episode. What went wrong with Resident Evil Village? Oh God! Well, we already we already did that episode. They're called our specials. <laughs> I don't think they're the same. I think we could actually fundamentally talk about what we really didn't like about Village. Oh, not with Doctor Rude there because he's gonna be fucking defending shit like the Duke, and then I'm gonna be like, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean unicorn metal? <laughs> That's oh oh that's right oh shit tune in for when that happens <laughs> it'll be I say. sometime in 2023 but uh we right. uh this this show just to reiterate doesn't have a lot of recents unless it's survival horror related have you played anything right. survival horror related aside from Super Mario Sunshine. Sunburn, uh, sorry. Sunburn. Yeah, I, I know, no. It's funny you make a joke like that as if, like, Nintendo wouldn't make a Mario survival horror when Luigi's Mansion is fucking four games in its goddamn franchise. Like... Oh, no, um, anyway, I, uh, I, I know what I said. I know what I said. Um, but, to oh, you haven't streamed Luigi's Mansion, I think. No, I'm definitely going to at some point, though. I haven't planned when, but that's definitely up there. Because Luigi's Mansion is actually a really good survival horror game. You know what? And this is the podcast to actually push that shit. Because I'm, t like, people listening are people that like survival horror. So you know what? If you've been sleeping on Luigi's Mansion because, oh, you know, it's a kid's game and, you know, the ghosts are cartoony. Sure, and, you know, that art style may bother people. But straight up, like, the level design is actually really fun as a fucking... Survival horror, in my opinion. But to answer your question, um, really, I just played Dead by Daylight, and that's kind of it. Trying to, uh, you know, play as much with uh, Demogorgon before he's gone away forever. R.I.P. our boy Demogorgon. Um, that's right. How about you, dude? I haven't played anything, honestly. I, f I feel kind of bad about it. I'm trying to get some trophies in Code Veronica, mostly in the battle game, which are fucking stupid. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how the fuck am I going to get an A rank with Chris when his boss is Alexia in the in the big form like in the the cocoon form and then uh -huh. her dragonfly form with no linear launcher. How do um, I do that? <laughs> so, remember how I said like Village is the Resident Evil with the least amount of replayability? Uh, Code Veronica is, the, for me, the game with the least amount of will to replayability. <laughs> no, and th this isn't even the game. I'm talking about the fucking battle game mode that that's like their version of Mercenaries or whatever the fuck that you can uh -huh. play in first person. I'm trying to do that shit because there's you have to get A rank for every character. And it's mm -hmm. fucking dog shit. I did it for Steve and I did it for both Claire's. But this is annoying. Chris is annoying. 
Oh, uh, just wait till you do fucking Wesker. Like, he only has a knife. No, but you can find the Magnum in it. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I didn't go that far in this game. See, Code Veronica has this really cute thing. I guess it's an homage for the zapping system. Uh, do you remember? Oh, shit. Do you remember the casino room in the palace of Code Veronica? Yes. You know, there's. Yes, with the slot machines. One of those slot machines, right? In the real game, you have to use to find a, a, a file. Right. But in battle game, you could actually have it turned on because if you do it in the in the actual game, the save carries over, so you could open the 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 slot, and that's where you get the cult python, and that's the only way to kill Alexia. Isn't there um another thing you can find in there that's like the RDJ files? Yeah, yeah the the rat. Yeah, the freaking rat. I was going to tell our listener to go look it up. But yeah, pretty much the rat writes notes and they give it to you in the fucking bonus game. It's great. Let's be honest. Like, like Capcom was the year of the rat. When Code Veronica came out, the rat was like no. a, a secret protagonist. And we had a Outbreak where it was the villain. It spread the oh, virus. Well, I was about to say, rats are a very big part of the series, at least post one. Because, like, that's how Raccoon City happened, right? It got in the rats, and they spread. Right, but we, we definitely see it more in Outbreak. But, yeah, 2 does have that excellent uh, cutscene with Birkin killing the squad and all that, which we've seen time and time again. It's just better to see it in Outbreak, because Outbreak has a great opening. Well, because Outbreak has, like, the best fucking soundtrack for the goddamn series, and it's, like, played beautifully, and it shows everything you need to know about the Raccoon City incident and how it started in, like, a fucking minute. And it's like, this is, this is just fucking genius. I'm telling you, Outbreak, a lot of polish in that. Wait, wait. <laughs> I just realized something. Uh-huh. Have we had a rat B.O.W.? Like, a big rat B.O.W.? I think so. Unless I'm getting mixed up with Dark Souls, which does it constantly. Because <laughs> Zero, Zero had a bat and a scorpion, obviously. Right, it didn't have a rat in that one, no. And then one, we had the spider and the shark. And then two, we just had, like, a G-mutant and Birkin. Yeah, no, I don't think there's, like, a a large rodent uh, B.O.W. Now that I think about it, with its the, the game's fucking... I think, honestly, they were trying to draw attention from that because... They need to be small to spread the virus. So, I, although really, does it fucking matter? You could just have a giant fucking rat, and who's really gonna care? Like right. they have a giant crocodile. Like why not? Exactly. <laughs> um. So, also, I'm I'm we're recording this before I go on vacation, uh, mm-hmm. which I usually do. I take my Resident Evil Portable. I mean my PS Vita, and that's I, right. And I play that. Also, my Switch. I have a, actually a question to ask you, my man. Uh huh. Should I not bring it? Should I just play my Switch? Do you think well, I'm it, do, very confused? I'm sorry. Um, well, hold on. I'm sorry. Let, let me finish it. Go ahead and finish your question. No, no, no. Like, should I just focus on my Switch games? Because I have Revelations 1, god awful, and Revelations 2, which I actually kind of like a little bit because I get to play as Barry, but uh-huh. I never finish them. But I keep going back to like Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 3. Should I, should I leave that aside? I'm just confused because you keep saying the word switch, 
And I could have sworn at, at some point I heard someone call the the portable action trilogy device as the Switch. And I don't know. <laughs> if you want to bring the portable action trilogy device, uh, it depends how much you like that, right? Yeah, yeah. You, br- you talked about five being excellent on the Switch. All of them, four, five, and even six. They are way better designed for like a handheld experience. It's so strange. Like the whole chapter system and how it's segmented like 1-2, 1-3. You do those in multiple sittings. All you got to do is fucking put it in sleep mode whenever you don't like have a second to play. And plus the mercenaries modes, like Jesus. It's, it's actually the best way to fucking play those modes, I feel. Well, I guess that answers that. I'll... But I need to finish some of these fucking games. I need to finish Revelations. Uh, I'm waiting to stream Revelations. That's the whole reason why I haven't done it yet. Catch that in 2024. (laughs) The people listening to this podcast are like, what the fuck? They're doing a Resident Evil podcast and they didn't even beat all the games? And it's like, at some point, I had to stop. And at some point, I will go back. Okay? I'm sorry. You try beating all these fucking games. Some of them are god-awful. Don't say that, because people will literally be like, I did. I've platinumed all of them four times. Congratulations. Where's your podcast? I mean, they'll be like right here. (laughs) All right. I'll I'll try to listen. If they all come out nasally and poorly edited and I could hear the air conditioning, I'm... Stop making fun of our podcast, The Fan Freaks, okay? (laughs) I do our best. Um, in any case, I, I want to say really quick on the topic of platinum, uh, platinum, plat, platinum, <laughs> platinuming, um, these games, fucking Resident Evil 5, I looked online for the fucking PS4, I did it, I platinumed it in a fucking week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that- oh man. And that's with work, so it's not like I could play it all week either. Anyway, um, is there any more survival horror stuff before we dip into our topic? Uh, there's a new trailer that came out for this game called, that's like, everyone says the same thing. Oh, it's a mix of Silent Hill with Resident Evil. It's uh, Tormented Souls. Have you heard of this? I I actually have seen this around, and I don't mean to throw any shade on the developer who's putting it together, because, like, I want to promote this kind of gameplay, right? But there's there's a little thing that a lot of indie horror games, and you know what? You probably know this better than I do, fucking Eagle. I was about to call you dude, but nope, you're Eagle. Um, <laughs> fucking, you know when you buy, like, uh... RE, uh, over-the-shoulder, kind of not knockoffs, but similar gameplay types. Oh, um, like I clones. did with... There you go. Like I did with Daymare. Got it. Right, exactly. And there's something about the momentum of things getting shot. You mean, like, enemies? Like, enemies yeah. reacting to getting hit? Yeah, okay. Right, like the physics of when something gets shot and then they, they stagger, or the physics of your character's movement, that's always really important to me for whatever reason in these kind of games. So whenever you feel like you're gliding across a surface, I, I instantly get, like, oh, this is a video game character. I have no weight to this person. So I've yet to play it, but for what I've seen in the screens, that might be a little bit of a thing, at least from whatever footage I saw. What about you? What do you think about this thing? I saw the cinematic trailer, and so far, while I like some of the design choices, it doesn't look really great. It also mm. doesn't have the best voice acting, which, again, if you're going for a Resident Evil style, that's not something you want to copy. I was about to say, like, bad voice acting. Are are we sure we're on the right podcast if we're hating on that? I don't know. 
Well, listen, we love it because it has charm and it was in 1998. But now, this is 2021. Really? Are we going to... What are you saying? Are you trying to say that Resident Evil 5 Chris doesn't have any charm? It's not the 90s. He's also a socialist in that game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, when Resident Evil got... They they really had nowhere else to go. They were like, we're at a global scale. We might as well get more political. Like, yeah, I mean, Resident Evil was always, you know... uh, you know, anti-corporatism uh, with fucking Umbrella Corp and all that. But they had to be like, we're on a global scale now. <laughs> we, we, There's no going back. We've infected three cities. <laughs> three whole cities. Um, three. <laughs> so I think, I think also we should bring up the fact that today, I don't know if you saw it, but Avalanche is talking about it, the Dead Space remake. Uh, we didn't. Mm, yeah, they only showed technology. They didn't show any uh, any levels from what I saw. What I did see is that they're using new mm. new frostbite technology from that they have over a battlefield to show limbs being torn off. And it just looks pretty, but we don't really have anything of substance. I, it's really pre-production here. It's interesting because it, it feels like um we talked about this on the podcast before, on, on the podcast, on the Fan Freaks podcast, on, like, what makes a remake. Mm-hmm. And this does qualify, as far as I understand, like, as a remake. It remakes everything, you know, as it was. Brand, brand Without, new assets. As, brand new assets. As, yeah. As far as I understand, they haven't changed any of the story or anything. But there was one little detail that actually, now that we mention it, that is that Gunnar Wright will return to voice Isaac. And do you see anything interesting with that or no? Actually, uh, my man, I'm actually sorry to tell you, I'm not really that affiliated with Dead Space. I didn't even get to. Oh. I didn't even beat the first one. I did enjoy oh. it, but then I got sidetracked with other shit. I forgot what it was, but I was playing Dead Space 1. A friend of mine lent it to me, and then I had to give it back. And then I tried two which was the shooter one, the shooter on rails one. No, no. That no, was a, that's extra- extraction. I was playing extraction and then I didn't like the rail shooting. And that's something that happens oh. with me. Cause like umbrella Chronicles and dark side, I fucking hate, but I like I dead aim. Game. So what the fuck does that say about me? But well, uh, it's just cause I guess you don't like the arcade, you know, on rails, like timing of it, where it kind of forces you to stop and shoot as opposed to dead aim where you can choose. Yeah. Yeah. And also Dead Aim, as you know, has the best Southern Leon there is. <laughs> that I actually really like Bruce in comparison to RE4 Leon. He feels, as I said before on Fan Freaks, like RE4 Leon without trying so hard. I don't know. There's a lot of prototype things in that game. Speaking um, of Leon, but- are we going to talk about the uh, the pictures? Oh my god. All right. We we were debating whether or not to have news on this podcast. We're we're already a little bit in, but I guess we could. Um really quick though about the Gunner Wright thing. He's voicing Isaac in Dead Space 1, but in Dead Space 1 Isaac doesn't talk. So I hope they're talking about like his grunts and shit cuz unless they're going to add dialogue to it like then damn it. it then, oh, maybe I should take off the limbs or something. That'd be lame. Then it really is a remake. Well, if if he doesn't talk, because if not, then it's a reimagining. Oh God, reimagining. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We we need to redux that episode. 
<laughs> we no, I feel like we did a good job. The problem is, is that our memory is shit. So like, we need to remember the very specifics I made because I know I was wrong about something, and we had to fucking like correct it halfway through the podcast. So you're, either you're, way, check out the Fan Freaks podcast. You're right, Bone King. I mean, Wolf. Yeah, Jesus Christ, dude. Uh, eagle, fuck. Uh, anyway, um, we'll talk about the pictures really briskly. Um, honestly, I think that... You know what? You go first. Lisa looks kind of cool. I like Chris. I hate everything else. Fair. Why, I mean, that's why assessment. Why does Claire not have red hair? That's never been a big point of contention for me, because I never even thought Claire had red hair in RE2 OG. Really? I always thought she was a redhead. I mean, in the CG, she definitely did. But in the gameplay model, it's like a brown ponytail, isn't it? I'm sorry. You try to have red hair in a, f- a muted red hair in PS1 polygons. Uh, <laughs> uh, I see that as entirely feasible because didn't Barry have red hair or something? It was orange. Okay, but either way, I'm just trying to say, like, speaking the character of, models compared to the CGs have always been different. But go ahead, yeah. Speaking of Barry, I'll be goddamned. They replaced Barry with Richard? Richard! That's, yeah. Th- th- no, no, Richard's Bravo team. I, can't, I honestly don't get it. Yeah. I'm, I'm here like this. Are we at a point now where Paul W.S. Anderson made the video game versions of the characters better, like better represented. Cause they, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, kind of, because at, yeah, le- at least, at least his, at least Paul W.S. Anderson's Barry looked like Barry and acted like Barry. Sure. He could have gained maybe 50 pounds of fat. He would have been better, but still he acted like Barry. He had his cold Python. He was smoking a cigar. Also, Leon, really? Uh, this is you're okay with this, Leon? Are you okay with this, Leon? Because I'm not. Okay, all right. Well, first off, <laughs> uh, why is he it's not gonna be different? Autom- it's going to be different automatically. And I think first out of the gate, the worst decision was trying to fit both one and two into the same movie. But if that's what they're going to fucking do, I guess that's what they're going to fucking do. So looking at Leon to answer your question, um. I'm sorry, because it's just kind of weird to do RE1 without Jill and uh, without uh, Barry and Rebecca. They're like kind of big part of. Jill oh, and my God. Things, but- I am fine with the actress for Jill. But why is Jill's blue so muted? I just I, you know, I hate to be a, a nitpicker with, you know, fucking I, I just want the hat. I figured that was like a big characterizing thing. I, I understand taking out the giant shoulder pads. It is what it is. Update with the times. But at least the hat, you know, it was cool. But whatever. It's like no fun allowed. <laughs> I, th- I think going forward, I think we should make a statement. We're going to watch it together so we could criticize the shit out of this. I think right, we're going right. to I, I think we're going to mystery science theater it. We just got to decide whether or not we're going to do it on fan freaks or right here. <laughs> uh, it depends if we have unicorn metal or not. Stay tuned and find out. Yeah. Tune in next um, week. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, so honestly, the pictures, they look all right. Um, not, well, to answer your question about Leon really quick, I'm fine with the actor, but my problem is, is they really didn't try to make him, like, look like the part at all. They just made him, they stuck him in the suit and said, all right, you're Leon now. At least cut his hair or shave, you know, something. He's, he's, he's a cosplayer. 
yeah, it, it looks more like my cosplay of Leon, where I just wore the RPD suit and that was the end of it. And like, what's funny is you look you, do. you look more like Leon than this guy. Well, you know, I was just an RPD officer, my friend. <laughs> but uh i don't know i i we'll see i have to be optimistic at the very least it'll be better than the fucking netflix adaptation with billy wesker or whatever the fuck so i i don't know is it bad that we're so negative like because people listening to the podcast are gonna be like why are they shitting on everything i thought they liked the series we're we're not the only ones shitting on it avalanche jared a uh, spear hunter everybody's shitting on this i'd also maybe like to mention that like if you like something it's okay to criticize it like, yeah, yeah. That it just means that there's something to love there. We we or, love or we, we it love grows it. And it's different. We, yeah, we love it so much. We want it to be better. That's all. <laughs> I, I don't know. At least we care enough to think about these things at the very least and make this podcast. Speaking of, we need to get on topic. <laughs> all right. Uh, I sh- are we even gonna do breaks? We're not gonna do breaks. Ah, uh, do we? Do you need to save? Because we could save. I don't know. Uh, I think we should. I, I do hear footsteps of a certain Mr. X coming. Oh, my God. Use the ink ribbon. Hey, everyone. This is George, the Bone King, interrupting this transmission to tell you about the Fan Freaks podcast, the podcast where we freak out about our favorite movies, games, comics, and any media in between. Check us out on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Hope to get freaky with you all very soon. Alrighty, and I'm going to go ahead and just put my ink ribbon back in the item box. uh, And welcome back. How's it going, everyone? Don't forget the bullets. Oh, come on. I thought you, Mr. Gung-Ho, about using the knife. (laughs) I thought you don't use bullets. No, no, no. You don't use the knife. I do. I'm okay. As As a Chris Maine, we never forget the knife. (laughs) <laughs> that's right just run into all the enemies with your fucking tanky health Jill is much more delicate my friend you've got to fucking lockpick through the doors and be smarter anyway welcome back to the show speaking of uh, being prepared you know where you, you do all of your preparations where, where do you do your preparations Eagle I, I distinctly remember uh, a little room where you can uh, hold up in and it has some of the best music in the franchise that's that's beside the point, but it's very true, actually. <laughs> but it's a place where you can relax amid, amidst the chaos. Uh, I think they are called a room saves. Room saves? No, save rooms. Oh yeah, that there you go. You rang all my bells. Um, there you go. And now you've signaled the helicopter, so I hope nothing bad happens to it. But uh, yeah, you did ring the bell. Stars. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. We, we said this is where we were going to nerd out about the show. Like, this isn't like we didn't warn you or we did warn you. Shit. <laughs> and speaking of our other show, the Fan Freaks podcast, we're going to rip off one of their uh, show ideas. But since we're ripping ourselves off, is that. Don't tell them. <laughs> so top five fave saves. Uh, d- I think we should take turns. Mm hmm. And kind of explain a little bit, uh, really quick, about each of the saves. I also have some honorable mentions. But oh, I'm gonna, yeah, I have a few of those as well. But I'm going to uh, leave them off a little bit uh, for, for towards the end. Uh, do you mind mm. if I go first? Uh, sure. Yeah, go for it. Just to kind of lead us off, I'm going to go with uh, one that I think everyone 
can agree with. While the game is conscientious, so to speak, uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica's palace room. You know that room where mm. you insert the two daggers? Yes. Okay, so one, this is a room I feel that has a very nice presentation. It has, it's very relaxing. It takes a while to get there because you have to do the whole military training facility first to get Uh. here, kind of. And you just left the prison area. So this is like such a welcome relaxation post to be at. Where you're like, oh, thank Christ. And Mm -hmm. also, uh, there's an herb. I think there's two herbs here. There's an ink ribbon, of course. There's our typewriter and our item box. There's also a key item underneath the the little chest that we can move. But Hmm. it's such a welcoming, inviting atmosphere that I, I can't help but want to be there. Real life wise, you know what I mean? Like it's a place I would hunker down. It's a room that in a, in essence, it makes me feel safe. I feel like this would be a good point to mention something we talked about when putting this episode together. But uh, what is your comfiness rating out of five to make it a little bit more intense? Out of five, I would probably put this at a four out of five. I feel very comfy. I feel very comfy. I feel very welcome. It's nice. It's relaxing. Isn't uh, it carpeted as well? It is carpeted. I can, Jesus. I, can, I can take off my shoes and just relax a little bit while everything goes to hell in a handbasket outside. Now, am I mistaken? Isn't that the same room where the fucking puzzle slides and Nosferatu is like right there? No, 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 no. That's Antarctica. No, 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 no. It's, oh, it is it? In Antarctica? Yeah. I thought they no, were... Okay. No, right. Nosferatu's Antarctica. This is the room before you go uh, fight a Bandersnatch that breaks through the window and you lead into where uh, Alfred and Alexia have their, like, mansion. In, okay. All right. And it's not the one where they play their home video of ripping no, the... No, 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 no. Uh, actually, that home video is in the palace. It's on the first floor. But regardless of that, <laughs> All right, I'll have to believe you because I feel like I'm picturing it in my head, but I might be thinking about the wrong room. Welcome to the Resident Evil fan podcast where I remember <laughs> things. But to be fair, Code Veronica, I have a history here, so I'm a bit biased. <laughs> well, speaking of your history of just games in general, why don't you give me your five? Alrighty. So um, first thing I want to say really quick about save rooms, because I'm Bone King slash Wolf, and I do this shit every single time, but save rooms are extremely important in terms of gameplay mechanics for the series. Mm -hmm. So like it's, they have to be very well planned. You can't have too many save rooms. You can't have too little. You have to be very conscientious of where you put these save rooms. So, um, Like, you also get sort of used to them and whatnot, so I'll go ahead and say, I just wanted to say that, you know, overall, because it's a very important thing about these fucking save rooms. But uh, to segue to my first pick, I'm going to go with RE2 OG, the uh, storage shed. The storage uh, shed? Do you know where that is from the get-go or no? Is that, wait, is that the room where you could, for scenario B... Um, no, uh, actually it's near there though. It's like right next to it. You know, when you go down, um, you go to the roof and then you go down these stairs the and it's helipad. like the side, 
Yeah, to the helipad, and you go down these stairs, and you turn around a corner, and there's where the yeah. valve the valve handle is. Yeah, don't open that door. All right, so it's my first pick because you know what happens when you open that door? <laughs> Why don't you tell us? Wait, is that? I don't think they've ever done this again in the entire series. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, not to my mind, no. But this, that, that, no that, doubt. Was, that was genuine horror. Yeah, and it used to fucking trip me out because from every point in the series, I was expecting that to happen again, and it never fucking does. So what happens, for those of you who don't know for whatever reason, um, or I guess are just fans of the action trilogy, uh, you open a door, and since all the door opening uh, animations in Resident Evil, you know, it's first person, and you go through the door, this was the only time, as far as I remember in the series, where when you open the door, three fucking zombies are on the other side, and they all start fucking moaning and, and shambling towards the camera. Right, it's uh, it's the perfect oh shit moment. Yeah, I know. And you're just like, oh fuck, I'm the only one to blame for this. Uh! <laughs> but, it, but you know what's good about that room, though? You never have to go in that room again once you get the fucking valve handle. So right. it's not like it's a, a reoccurring thing where you have to fucking confront them. Just get out and go. So uh, that is my first pick, and it's from Resident Evil 2, uh, Storage Shed, the jump scare door. Oh, comfiness rating, uh, zero. <laughs> I like how how you're circumventing the list that I came up with, where I'm like, it's do it's rooms with an item box and and a typewriter. You're supposed to relax here. Why don't we have our five? Say, oh, and you're right off the bat, your list. Fucking oh, you opened the wrong door. Zombies are. <laughs> Dude, I don't know, because when we were talking about this, it was favorite save rooms. And so my stipulation was it has to have a fucking typewriter in it. And that room, for whatever fucking reason, has a typewriter in it. And I just said you can't have too many typewriters. Anyway, maybe it's because they didn't feel too confident. They thought like, oh shit, people will open the door first and then they'll die. So like, what if they use the typewriter first? Because if they see that, they'll save first. And then, you know, then they'll open the door. And if they die, they just start right there. I don't know. Maybe that was their <clears throat> way of maybe not making it so harsh for the player who does fall for that trap. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be my first pick. Uh, what's your next pick? Your number four, even, uh, Egil. <laughs> I don't get that pronunciation, but all right. Um, well, because I was going to say the dude, but then I went Egil. I'm trying. We're learning, okay? So... I want you to picture it. The city's on fire. You're Jill Valentine. You just mm. escaped a horde of zombies. There's, you're in this kind of like scissor fork in the road, but one area is blocked off with fire that you can't go through yet. There's a bunch of dogs coming at you. They're also on fire. Uh, oh, zombie dogs. God. And then there's the gate. That leads to the police station, but before that, there's a little little door there right to the side. You walk in, there's some shotgun, there's some handgun ammo and shotgun ammo, and it's and a typewriter. And this is for every seasoned veteran of Resident Evil 3 OG Nemesis, where this is where we have to make that decision before the game gives us the decision. Are we gonna fight him today or are we gonna <laughs> run away? <laughs> 
<laughs> How brave are we today? Yeah. Uh, this, the room, it relaxes you. It also can be our saving grace because later on, for those that don't know, there is a way for Nemesis to fight you in that alley and he will break the the fire hose after you use it. He will break that area. You can just go into the save room. He won't go in there, but he will be damn waiting for you <laughs> right outside. But it gives you a, a, a nice breath between the fight to be like, okay, fuck you, fuck you. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> no, um, 100%. I mean, you're, you're, what is your first reaction when you're in that hallway? Do you immediately dive into it? Um, yes and no. Okay, it depends on what type of run I'm doing. Oh, well, obviously, but I'm talking about, like, natural inclination. If I fucked up too much on the dodging, I probably would be low on health items, so I'm going to run in there to pick up any health items I have left over. Also, uh, a comfiness rating, a two out of five, because the impending doom. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's right outside the door. It's right there. You could you could just feel his aura emanating from behind the door. And the yeah. room itself, isn't it like just a fucking storage closet? It's a storage closet. Yeah, it's it it it's ugly looking. It's not comfortable. It's all concrete and gray. It's not pretty to look at, but really you're in there for the handgun and the shotgun ammo and just to save and pray that by some miracle your 14 rounds of shotgun shells are enough to take down Nemi. Uh, so uh, I also want to mention that you've inspired a new honorable mention <laughs> on my list. <laughs> I'm glad. Speaking of your list, what's your number four? Oh, my goodness. So uh, here we go. I, you know, now that I think about it, these really aren't in any specific order. But you know what? They're whatever. They're in the order that I choose. So here you go. Next one is from Resident Evil 1. Um, this is the serum room, the West storeroom. You know, the famous place where Rebecca totally pepper sprays Chris right in the face. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and fucking Jill you, wakes up. Chris? She, is that is, you, oh. Rebecca? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I picked this save room mainly because I find myself, A, using it a fucking ton. And it's usually the first, like, goal outside of the other fucking storeroom under the stairs. Um, that That's where I know, okay, I'm getting to the... The point in the game where I'm getting ready to get to the courtyard and I'm, I'm ready to go. Fucking, um, also, I want to also mention, just overall, it has a bed. That, that's that's already a big plus in this area. It's very looks very comfy. Um, it seems like a really nice office study. If I had to choose a place to, like, chill in, that's definitely going to be one of them. So my coziness rating is going to be, like, up there. It's like a 4 out of 5, if not 5 out of 5, because I feel like it's really chill. And, you know, like... The item box is right there. There's a nice, cool glow in the area. And uh, it seems are to be you, safe from the fucking three hunters that'll show up outside. So, Are you, are you going remake or are you going OG? Um, Kind of both, because they really don't change too much. But I'll go with remake only because it's more detailed, I suppose. Not only that, but remake has uh, an additional uh, camera shot. Because this oh. OG Resident Evil doesn't... It, they're all fixed cameras. We love fixed camera angles here. But in Remake, you have when you get into the room and then when you go by the bed, it'll change. But then when you go by the typewriter, it's like hovering right over the typewriter. 
Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, that is a new angle. I never thought about that. That's true. Um, this this room is also on my list, but uh, <laughs> but later on, later on. That's fair. I mean, I could take it off and switch it with something else. Trust no, me. No, no, too late. So, uh, so uh, you, all right. I agree you with sure? your comf- I agree with your com- yes. I agree with your okay. comfiness rating. I'm gonna have it still on my list. Fuck it. We're I doing feel- it for t- we're doing it for two reasons. I'm a Chris main. You didn't say you why why it's better. Anyway, look, but but I have to imagine Jill or Jill fucking um Barry carries Jill all the way to that fucking room in his big brawny arms, and I I like that idea of Barry putting me to bed. It's not a bad idea. I'm just saying. We get it. We get it. You're the bottom. So hey, we uh, haven't mentioned it on the show yet. <laughs> calm down, new, Blanche. New calm. info by this point. Calm down, Blanche. So what you got next? So. As people who've picked up on context clues and also I've mentioned in the past, Resident Evil was my baby until 6. When I saw what 6 was and I saw the gameplay of it and 5 left me really really angry with the game, I quit the game. Then I went back and played 7 because everybody talked about how 7 was so good. And I will say 7 is really good. I really enjoy 7. So for me, my number three save room is Zoe's trailer. Mm, nice. A good it's, hub world save. It's arg- Yes. Yes. You hit it on the head because right there, I go to three different parts of the fucking, we're constantly opening up new areas. We're backtracking if we wanted to solve older puzzles to get better loot and shit like that. But this is also honestly the best save room or realistically the only save room you would use in seven because it's the one that has the most. It also will let you get a Magnum if you do it right. <laughs> the, Wait, you know, uh, well, go ahead. I think that Magnum is the same Magnum that we see in eight. I think. You think so? No, I don't think so. Not the, you talk about the spike, the spear thrower, the staker or whatever. The stake. The, the stake. I think it's the same, uh, I think it's the same model, obviously not the same, you know, it's the same gun, but they reuse the asset. Uh, Still, to be honest, I only use the other one, the revolver, uh, Wolfsbane or whatever. Oh, so yeah, I love the aesthetic of that revolver. But back to seven. Uh, Yes, yes. This also gives us opportunities for puzzles in the later part of the game. We have uh, a lot of story that opens up here. It also comes back, I believe, in the DLC and Zoe. Um, it's it's also, by the way, one of the very few save rooms with, um, well, maybe not very few because a couple of the ones on my list. Either way, it has a lot of story cutscenes that happen in there as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. With uh, the comfort- phone in the fridge. Yeah. Th- there's a fridge, there's a sink, and there's also a bed. It's a five out of five comfy. <laughs> wow. So the whole amenity, really? Five out of yeah. five. That's the max for a trailer in the middle of the, the the back of a mansion that's rotting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. There's also like you know, it, it seems very casual. You could do your laundry there. Apparently, I so I, cool. f- I feel very comfortable in there. I could spend a good amount of time in there. Also, it has a really good subtle music. I really enjoy that. Which oh, the A seven theme is great. Which they should have brought it in, but you know, we're not going to talk about Death Event Roadie. So so get, let me get this straight. Um, 
you would actually say you just said you would want to stay that you'd like you'd be fine staying there for a long time uh so zoe was actually in there for i guess like more than two years or something like it's a ridiculous amount of time that the lore says she's in there for a while for right would you be able to do that <laughs> years in I'd the trailer just curious I I'd be bored. <laughs> no, you don't say. You know, maybe I should knock it down to four because there isn't really <laughs> entertainment value. Because I'm just saying, like, you're right. It is really comfy. But in the context of what happens to Zoe in the game, is it years comfy? <laughs> no, I got to be honest with you, man. You, you're bringing me down here. I, th I, think, I, think it, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with a four. Yeah, four. Shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, you know what? We'll move on before I lower any of the other ones for you. Um, I'm going to move on to my next one, which I'm going to move out of the classic uh, resis. And I mean, I know you just did RE7, essentially, which is not a class, like, you know, uh, yeah. traditional whatever. Well, it is traditional. I'm going to move forward. Anyway, um, I'm going to bring up one from the action trilogy, which is the Merchant Store from Resident Evil 4. So um, it's, in it's interesting that you bring up one from the action trilogy because I think four is the only one that has technically save rooms. Uh, yes. I mean, there are some areas that are safe in in uh, the other action trilogies that kind of act as save rooms because the checkpoint system essentially does it for you, right? So, like, uh, but there's yeah. no typewriter in the merchant store. Yes, there is. No, 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 but not in five or six. Oh, yeah. So that's why it's not on my list, because it didn't meet that stipulation of needing a typewriter, unfortunately. But, but either way, the Resident Evil 4 merchant store, I happen to really enjoy it because, A, not only is the RE4 save theme fucking orgasmic, it, like, that fucking beautiful, like, uh, the ambience in that room is just so nice with the blue uh, flame and the fire that's in the background. And you go there and you look at the merchant's table and there's like a shit ton of guns and a whole bunch of ammo. Uh, none of them really we excited. could get. None yeah, of them because we... you get really excited. Like, hey, he's going to have these for sale. And he does not. So I, I find it interesting. That's a little strange, but it does fit the aesthetic. You know what I like to think it is? I like to think they're just empty boxes. And he just has it in the storefront. Like, yeah, I know it's just for, you know, visuals. I actually don't have the bullets here. But then again, <laughs> there might be some loose bullets. I'm not sure. Um, either way, there's a really special ambience with RE4. And although it's not one of the, the classic series, um, the classic trilogy or anything, uh, I think it still manages to build a really um, significant atmosphere in the save room alone, especially in that merchant's room. Because you always know you're safe. When you see the blue fire, you know, that yeah. means the merchant's here. No one's going to fuck with you here in some areas and uh, fucking, you know, you just relax. So in terms of comfiness rating, um, well, there's a boat and there's not really anything to chill on for a while. So I think it's comfy in the sense that I won't be bored because I'll always have a place to fish. I'll have someone to chat to with the merchant. I'll, I'll give it a four out of five. I think also it brings a uh, a a good genesee qua when it comes to bridging the original with the new you know mm -hmm. because this this was the beginning of the action trilogy and we didn't have that um we didn't know what we were going to get into uh so to speak so this having the ambiance and the relaxation and our merchant being kind of our item box in a way yeah because we buy health items from him. We buy 
not really ammo, unfortunately, but we buy like stuff we might need from him eventually. It, it's it's a nice change of pace. I, I applaud this pick. I'm starting to wonder if this should have been on the top because considering my other ones, I feel like this one has like the max comfiness. So like, this may be bumped up to five out of five because, yeah, you've, you've always got something to do. And I'm sure the merchant's got a cot or something somewhere that he sleeps on. He can let you use it, whatever. So moving forward, that that's my next pick. Uh, what's up on your list, Egil? <laughs> so my number two was your... Uh, Number four, I guess, with the uh, mansion the serum first, room, the serum room. That's a that's a good name for it. I was actually going to say mansion West first floor storeroom. Yeah, that's uh, the official title. Uh, but serum room is great. Now, as a Chris main, this room is <laughs> so fucking important because Rebecca will heal you not once, but I think it's twice or three times. I was going to say. But depending on the severity of the injury, because she'll bring you back from danger to fine, but it takes a lot of resources to do it. But mm. uh, but yeah, man, I I really enjoy this room for almost the same reasons you picked. This is definitely a five out of five in comfiness, um, especially if Rebecca's there. Uh, in remake, you get to bring Richard there. And he'll heal there. And it's nice. It's it's kind of like Chris taking the leadership role. And it's a, a weird... We talk a lot of environmental storytelling. But this is one of the few times in the Resident Evil remake that, uh, that it really shines right in the beginning. Because Chris wasn't the, the leader of Alpha Team. That's Wesker. But he is mm-hmm. taking the initiative. He's here telling Rebecca, you choose here, by the way what type of game you're going to have with Rebecca. Um, While Jill, yes, it's what room she explores and what order. That depends on where you get Barry in certain cutscenes. But with Chris, Chris, you actually say, yes, come with me. And she won't heal you because she'll be traveling the mansion. She'll be exploring it. Or no, and she'll stay there and she'll heal. And you bring Richard there. So wait, if you tell her to, because I always told her to follow me, and I never really noticed anything specifically. What what really happens if you tell her to do that? Because she just goes, okay, I'll follow you in a second, and she just never follows you. She's out exploring the mansion, so she shows up somewhere else. She doesn't show up, really. Uh, but if you say yes, she'll help you kill Plant 42. Oh, okay, so that's why that happened for me. Okay, cool. Right. So if you want her to do the whole V-Jolt thing, you just have her do that. If you say no, which I usually do, uh, you just have to fight V-Jolt through and through, but with no no V-Jolt. I'm, I'm sorry, Plan 42 with no V-Jolt. And you just see Rebecca afterwards. She comes in just in time being like, hey, how are you? You okay? Type of thing. And it's like, you, you could have helped. But no, I told you to stay. We sure got to the root of that problem. Yeah, good old Chris. Yep. yep. Uh, so like now that I'm thinking about it, this room is a this this save room that we're talking about is a lot more lonely for Jill. And since you brought up you know Rebecca showing up there and Richard healing there, I'm gonna bump it up to five out of five comfort as well. Yeah, I mean it just it again. You brought it up earlier because I usually main Chris and you usually main Jill. This mm-hmm. is why we. 
we're looking at the same room differently. Correct. Uh, all right. So that's that is your pick, which was also my pick. You know, good list for the first episode. Uh, moving up next, uh, this is gonna be my final pick for my five, and then we're Wait. gonna start moving on to my many, many honorable mentions. Oh, mm-hmm. so you so we're not doing a freaky. I'm sorry, a fan freaks podcast, <laughs> freaky five, where before number one we do our honorable mentions. We're gonna do oh, our. Hon- you want to do that? Like, because I didn't even know we were gonna do the same format. You want to? We can. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to rip them off. Let's (laughs) let's rip them off right. Okay. Um, I guess I'll go first since I started it before. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and just ratchet through these as fast as I can. Um, Resident Evil 2, main hall. Uh, You know, because there is a save point in item box in the OG. Uh, Also, get there without picking up anything and you get something nice. Uh, fucking RE2 lab guards room, which is the turntable control room. You know where Claire, um, basically lays down Sherry? He's like, that's my jacket. My my special god will protect you, or whatever the fuck cult shit she says. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. Claire, no, I have this weird thing. Claire has kind of got some stuff going on in, in both games, and no one's really talking about how, like, she's... Anyway, she's a little bit creepier than I understand, but I love Claire. Don't don't get me wrong. But yes, that room. Um, also where Leon brings Ada. Uh, Ari won uh, the East Store room under the stairs. It's kind of like the first checkpoint besides the dining room, which is the other honorable mention I have on Ari won. Uh, Ari 7, Zoe's trailer, which you already said. Um, RE1, the fuck, I really like a lot of them from RE1. The Spencer estate is so nice. Sorry. Uh, before the final boss. So, with the ladder. so nice. Capcom keeps remaking it. That's right. And it keeps showing up in a bunch of other games. So they know what they've got there. Um, Resident Evil Zero, the captain's room and the train. Son uh, of a bitch. <laughs> what? That's also what? my honorable mentions. Well, that's fine. I mean, it's it's so nice just to see the little fucking objects rotating with the train as it's moving. It's fucking like leagues ahead of its years. Yo, years ahead of its time. There you go. Yeah, you said it right there. But yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Well, go ahead and tell me. What do you think about it since I already said it? Oh, so I'll just do, I guess we'll we'll join this honorable mention here. Uh, personally, what I love about it is the sense of despair when you haven't met Billy yet and you go into this Hmm. room, the train is stopped. Uh, You've seen so much, like so many dead bodies already. Zombies are coming back and the zombies here are tougher than Resident Evil one remake. When you're first playing zero, you, you just finished, I assume one and because it came out on the GameCube. And now I guess you could play it in whatever order you want. But these zombies are, are a a little tougher. They're a little meatier when it comes to shooting them with the guns. You already have a different environment to deal with because you don't have an item box. So you already have to deal with the fact that this isn't your regular Resident Evil. This is a mm. different Resident Evil that you're gonna have to deal with with its new mechanics. This room also has, I believe, some herbs, uh, some ammo, ink ribbon, of course. And it's also very disheveled, but the music, along with the nice rain, that just soothing rain. And I love uh, rain. I, I, I actually can't go to sleep unless I put on my TV in the background uh, on YouTube, like a live stream of rain. And heavy yeah, they've got a lot of apps for that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. So this, I blame this game when I got it on the GameCube. 
for triggering me this so I could fall asleep and relax in that captain's room because it's very relaxing. So I think I'm talking about the wrong room because my room is is like one of the first ones you get to. It may not even be the captain's room, but it's the one that the ladder plops down and the train is definitely moving by that point. So I don't oh, know if I'm talking about the I'm same room. No, I'm talking about the one before you you open the the main car. Okay, all right, all right, the, fair enough. The one with the ladder, I think, is after you meet Billy. Okay, Thank fair you. enough. I'm I'm just saying, like the the save room in the, in the Ecliptic Express in the fucking first one. I'm sorry, I'm not giving you the exact fucking. I know someone on the fucking that's listening is gonna be like, all right, please, the name please of the correct us because that'll mean you listened. That's right. You please. I, hey, if you want to cor- look, oh my god, if you tune in every episode just to correct us, I don't care. That'd be great. We'll 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 take it. We'll fucking take it. We'll anyway, be wrong. Moving on. We'll be wrong. I'm skipping one in particular because I have a feeling that's the, the your number one. So I'm not gonna say it. But okay. um, next honorable mention: RE3, the chapel, which is gorgeous. One of the also, best save rooms. Also, in my honorable mention, if we want to talk about how important this room is to the story, and it's a shame that they cut they cut it out of remake. Yeah, it's so weird. That was one of the rooms I wanted to see remade the most, and they just kind of put it in the hospital. Speaking yeah. of uh re3og the hospital with carlos since you mentioned um that 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 alleyway with the the dogs on fire and when nemesis comes down um that inspired this one if you go into the hospital with carlos and don't immediately dive into that save room you're dead the end oh the two hunters oh yeah the two hunters buddy they'll fucking stun lock you and it's over in like a millisecond so no run immediately to the save room because it'll save your life uh next up uh i'm almost done i swear um resident evil dead aim the lounge just because they give you an absurd amount of ammo it's crazy um re7 the swamp mine office despite it being in the third act i think honestly it's really cool they bring back all the bird cages um, Ari, and here's the last, oh no, sorry, Ari Outbreak, which is the wine room because of the fucking ghost story about that place, look it up. And the last Jay's one of my bar? honorable mentions. Huh? In Jay's bar? Um, yeah, in the, in the actual wine room above, there's a little, uh, place where you get the forklift key, and it's, uh, they've got a typewriter there in single player mode, and basically what you, if you read a note... Um, that's around there, they basically tell you that the people that work there, the employees, are hearing glasses break on their own, and they think it's a ghost. So when you're in that area, you will actually hear glass breaking if no one's nearby. No shit. The only thing I know about that room is that there's a bottle of bourbon specifically for Barry. Oh, yeah, the his, his custom bourbon. Dude, how much money does fucking Barry have? He orders a custom gun, a custom fucking bottle. Like, Jesus. Okay, but the custom gun, he helped make it, so he wasn't actually... He didn't put money into it. He used taxpayer money for it. No, oh, okay. He All right, he used the stars. Uh, put it on my tab, stars. Yeah, I got you on the stars Ex- account. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the last one of my honorable mentions is Resident Evil 3 Remake, The Gun Shop. They turned Kendo's gun shop into a safe point in that game. <laughs> Remember? I, yes, but I really... I wish it was better. 
Oh, oh yeah, no, so do I. It's not very comfy. But notice these are honorable mentions and I don't have to rank their comfiness level at all. No, no, but I I, uh, I feel we didn't talk enough about the chapel in OG3. Well, buddy, you could put that on yours because tell me your honorable mentions. Start there if you want. Right, I'm going to start with the chapel. Here's the reason why I don't have it is because it it breeds so much anxiety. <laughs> Because oh, when you're right. when you're when you're Carlos and you have to fight a mutated nemesis with just an assault rifle, like Claire, like oh, I'm sorry, Jill has fucking grenade launchers, has magnums. She's she's got it going on. She's got ammunition. Carlos has shit. Carlos doesn't have anything. But there's Jill, defenseless. If you don't get him. And you don't distract him enough. He will break out that door, and that's an instant game over. And, uh, and we it's don't one of like the worst that. game overs, in my opinion. I hate that cutscene. Yeah, absolutely. It just um, lasts way too long. Um, but he does have something. He has a submachine gun. Okay, he's got something. All right. Uh, you also brought up the train car. We talked about that. But this is one I'm very interested in the fact that you didn't bring it up in your honorable mentions. But I, between the both of us, uh, it's, no, it's no shock that George loves Resident <laughs> Evil 2 way more than me. But yeah. I really love the laboratory in Resident Evil 2 OG with all the, the screens where you get to tell scenario B, hey, Oh, Go. the monitor room. Yeah. The monitor room. Yeah. And this is where you get to like suit up for the final battle. This is where you mentally have to prepare yourself. This is, I hate to say it, a cliche in the, in the OG classics resis and the remakes because you have to do it. The laboratory save room before the laboratory self-destructs. Yes. Or, yes. The panic save room. I agree. Or gets nuked. The comfiness is one out of five because because <laughs> you have to fucking run eventually. But uh, but I really like the cutscene that's there in Resident Evil Two because you have Leon telling Claire, Claire telling Leon, "Hey, hurry the fuck up and save my partner character or whatever." So usually, really quick, you, go go ahead. You, usually for me, I like Claire A, Leon B. So it's Claire yelling at Leon. Go save Sherry. And Leon's like, wait, Claire, wait, what? <laughs> Who's no Sherry? What? <laughs> Nobody listens to me in this town. <laughs> really quick, I wanted to say about that cutscene, I like to imagine in that exact same one, when Claire yells into the monitor, she's like, Leon. And then Leon looks around and he's like, Claire, are you invisible? Where did yeah. you go? I hear you, but I don't see you. <laughs> I can't believe it. In this day and age, you could talk to me while looking at me without me knowing? How long have you been there, Claire? <laughs> uh, really quick, subscribe to Leon Kennedy's OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> uh, my last honorable mention actually is a dishonorable mention. Oh, shit. Um, I particularly hate this room. Because of what it means and how many times I've had to see it. And it always makes me mad that I have to deal with it. And if we want to talk about anxiety inducing, this one does it for all the wrong reasons. Code huh. Veronica X, the study where you get the control back of Claire and you automatically have to change your game again to what your inventory is. You have to have what, 
what Chris had in that item box and you have to put it back there again. And even if you save, even if you save, you still have to like, you get, when you die from that fucking puzzle, the crystal ball puzzle Mm -hmm. and you, and you restart, you still start here. Mm-hmm. So it's just better to to block out, go back to the main menu, and then load game because it's just arbitrary. Also, doing a retry fucking knocks like a thousand points or whatever off your final ranking for if you're trying to do an A rank. And if you're trying to do a no save run, God help you. Because this fucking room immediately imposes so much dread for any seasoned veteran of Code Veronica. I fucking hate this room. It could die in a fire. And that is, like, I shit you not, not to be, you know, catty or whatever the fuck. Like, honestly, that is the biggest reason I have a hard time considering replaying Code Veronica. I will play up to that part, but dude, like, I don't think I could ever do a no-save run in that game just because of that crystal ball puzzle. So I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, and let's... There's something else. I've I've looked up in, like, game facts and shit like that because I'm trying to do uh, the A-rank run of Code Veronica. But if you do a retry, you lose 10,000 10, or 1,000 points. And if you save for the first time, you lose 1,000 points. Like, what the fuck is the point? Fuck you. Yeah, it's a little bit cruel. And, and that's not even considering how Steve is immediately afterward. Bro, I fucking hate that room. Um, and now you know where I was coming from when we did our verses. Or, or no, our <laughs> case of. Uh, tune in to that episode, the case of Code Veronica X. Oh boy, um, that, was a, that was a doozy. So I think now it's time for number one. Do you mind if I go? Yeah, no, go for it. Let me hear your number one save room. So... I think I think it's it's really important to say this because before the show started, I this is the presumptive number one between the both of us. This mm-hmm. room is the most iconic save room in the franchise, I believe. Because it's it first takes place in arguably the most iconic game in the franchise. Resident That's Evil right. 2, the Dark Umbrella Core. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> I'm uh, so sorry. Take to say that one more time. I'm sorry. Uh, Resident Evil 2 OG and remake, I guess, because it doesn't really change that much. But uh, the dark room, where you have to change your files. Yes, it's yes. very it's very comfy. There's no place to really like sleep or rest or sit down in. But oh no, there's a chair. There is a There's a lot the of time. cool costumes. You can play dress up in the, in, the, in the locker. That is true. That is true. You can dress up and shit. Um, because and they you even have, have a camera for you. I'm sorry. When you play dress up, so you can take pictures. Also, when you're with Carlos and you're in that room and he examines the camera, if this camera could kill those things, I'd be set. Which is a great reference to Fatal Frame, and I'm here for it. What it referenced a fatal frame? That's yeah. impossible. Why? Fatal frame is PS2. Yeah, but Resident Evil remake Carlos gets to that place. Remember oh, in the wait, he in does? the in the yeah when you touch 
when you go into the save room or the dark room and he looks at the camera, he says, if this th- if I could kill these things with a camera, I'd be set. It's a reference wow. to Fatal Frame. I thought you were talking about OG 3 for a second. I was like, I don't remember that ever happening. And then I never looked at that thing with Carlos in Remake. So, damn, he he does have a bunch of Easter egg quotes. Oh, for sure, bro. Uh, That's why I kind of want this. Even you're going to have one. I I know you have one. But this is one I think all Resi fans can share. Because this room is very unique. You got a file here that shows how the police force was taken down. You have ammunition. Uh, In the remake, you have a red herb. Uh, You could obviously develop files, pictures. You could develop Rebecca in a basketball uniform if you look at the Wesker's desk 50 times. That's Uh, right. Gotta be thorough. Gotta be thorough, man. Gotta be fucking thorough. To find uh, those nudes. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Rebecca's OnlyFans. Anyway, uh, comfiness, I would say a three out of five, only because in remake, Mr. X is outside and he will fucking yell at you to return your library books and no. punch you. <laughs> um, but that's it. That's it for my list. My list again is Palace, Resident Evil Code Veronica X. Ali, Resident Evil 3, trailer, Zoe's trailer, Resident Evil 7, Mansion West, first floor, uh, because that's where you meet Rebecca as a Chris main, and number one, Resident Evil 2 Dark Room, and Resident Evil 2 Remake. All right. Then now that is a freaking nice list. And I, I really do agree with you with the Dark Room, too, because I, I definitely was considering that for my number one as well. It's iconic I, I, as fuck. So great, I, great. I, th- I, th- I think it's our number one. I think it's every Resi fan's number one. If you think of a save room, that's the save room. Right, right. I mean, in my mind, for sure. But since I knew you were going to pick RE2 Dark Room, I decided to go and create a new Keikaku where my number one pick is in Resident Trans- Evil. Translators no translators know Keikaku means plan. Oh, of course. We got to make sure everyone knows that. Sorry, I forget the subtitles aren't visible in a podcast. <laughs> um, but no, so my, my final pick is from Resident Evil 1 remake, and it's going to be Lisa's Cabin. <laughs> That's your number one? So I, if you that's a seen, that's a zero out of five comfy rating, bro. <laughs> I I okay. So if you watch Bone King TV on fucking Twitch TV and whatnot, you know, um, you'll know that I have a fucking thing for woods and you know the forests and whatnot. So that whole fucking walk up to her cabin is just so gorgeous. And, and fucking, you just have this great, you know, landscape, provided, you know, there are some zombies in there. Just don't go outside. Um, and you fucking, <laughs> you go inside, and there's a nice cozy fireplace. There's a bed there. Um, there's food. You just got to, it's a little bit of a fixer-upper. You got to, you know, bring some different food in and whatnot. But it has all the amenities. And the biggest thing that really knocks it down for me, I would imagine, is just kind of, you know... Lisa, who would probably show up, but, you know, once you let her know that you're not a problem, you just gotta pray she doesn't take your face, and maybe you'll even have company. So, I just really happen to like the aesthetic of Lisa's cabin, the the top part of it, because once you mm-hmm. start getting into the flooded basement with the snakes and the creepy voodoo dolls, it stops being a little charming. But, um, the cabin is just, honestly, I love the woods, so I honestly think it's a great location added to the remake that really enhances the atmosphere. 
So I find that to be impressive as well, because the remake does more than just remake, remake the game. It actually, I feel like, adds to it in a lot of ways. So, I don't know, and that's why it's my number one pick there. So to finalize my list, uh, I had RE2, the storage shed with a jump scare door. You know what? Maybe I didn't understand this assignment. Uh, <laughs> number one with the serum room, with the West storeroom. Uh, right. number, yeah. Uh, I meant RE1, sorry. Uh, fucking RE2, no, sorry, RE4 with the merchant store um, with the blue fire. And number one, Lisa's Cabin from RE1 Remake. Solid fucking list. I think we had a good list. But, of course, tell us what you think of your of your top five fave save rooms. Try yeah, to remember right. as many as you can. Yeah, you know, there's no, no, you're not being graded on these. You're being graded on these. I was about to say they're not. I'm fucking monitoring right now on Twitter. I'm, I'm in that goddamn monitor room in RE2. <laughs> and I'm watching everyone's fucking Twitch feed on every ch channel. Uh, please, uh, check your, check the syllabus. It's going to be on the, the syllabus. syllabus. <laughs> check the mail. It's in there. Um, I wanted to mention really quick. Why wasn't the star's office ever made a save room? I don't know. I always I, thought it would have been a good place. It has its own song it, and everything. It, it technically is a save room when you're Carlos in RE3 rank. True. But at that point. You don't really give a shit about it because it should have been Jill. <laughs> and it really should have been Jill. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Hashtag <laughs> really it should have been Jill. It should have been Jill. Uh, you can find me at Agent Doodliness at... Uh, should, do we have Eagle and Wolf? We should, we should promote the Eagle and Wolf Twitter. We totally do have Eagle and Wolf Twitter. So check us out on Twitter. It's yeah, at Eagle and Wolf. As far as I yeah. understand, at Eagle Wolf Podcast, I think, actually. There you go. Uh, we'll be criticizing shit from there of the new Resident Evil movie. That's right. And also, if you ever um, if you ever think of any interesting ideas or any off-the-wall discussions, there is nothing too random for the Eagle and Wolf Podcast. So let us know on Twitter. Believe me, we've come up with a couple of them, so hopefully we can start some new dialogues. You know, on the random shit that no one really cares about. But you know what? That's what we're here for. So thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time on the Eagle and Wolf Show. Bye.